0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Pro for the J Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Felton. This is episode 84. A lot of news has just gone down in the NBA. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about the WNBA playoffs because I just realized as much as I cover the WNBA and write about the league and stuff like that, I don't think I've ever really talked about them in depth in an article. Shame on me. Shame on me. For not doing that but absolute battle last night between Asia Wilson and Brianna Stewart we're going to be going over that we're going to be going over the Donovan Mitchell trade to Cleveland first and how that impacts the landscape this is going to be a pretty short episode obviously some news has just broke so we're going to talk about that for those that are wondering I want to set the scene real quick because usually with every big trade I like to set the scene of what I was doing um I'm sitting in class right first week of class my last class of the week actually Um, and we're talking about housing and homelessness because that's the topic of the class and conversations going great. My, my phone vibrates in a way that basically I have it set to vibrate only in a certain way. When I get a notification from Twitter, I should only get a notification from Twitter from, you know, woes or shams or Chris Haynes, because I'm not trying to get notified for every single reply or like to my tweets i see donovan mitchell in cleveland jaw hits the floor now i'm thinking to myself okay just like everybody else what did they give up what did they give up because we're if we're being honest donovan mitchell has been brought up in trade rumors for for years now if we're being honest for years now especially in the last year we've heard the knicks who else have we heard? We heard even the Wizards talking about. I never, I never believed the Wizards were gonna go after him. Let let me be clear with that. The Wizards are some pump faking. They are some pump fakers over there. They they'll they'll fool you into thinking they are interested in everybody. They'll never make a move. They'll never pull the trigger. I never saw the Cleveland Cavaliers on this list. And you know when the trade dropped like an hour, hour and a half ago. I'm recording this at like five pm Thursday September 1st I'm sitting here and I'm like okay what did they give up So let's break down the trade and I'll give you my thoughts Cleveland is sending this is the tweet exactly Cleveland is sending its three unprotected first round picks to Utah in 2025, 27 and 29 and pick swaps in 26 and 28 to Utah All right They're also sending Lori markinen colin sexton ochara Baji, and three right three unprotected first and two pick swaps. so initially my thoughts are cleveland wins this trade i my thinking is cleveland wins this trade it's early uh, my belief is you never really know the winner of a trade until honestly years down the line and we're especially when we're talking picks that go as far as what is this 2029 you really don't know you might have to we might have to wait another six seven years to know who actually won this trade guys if we're being completely honest because that's how trades work if these picks turn out to be generational you know these these draft picks at this point they're in middle school they're in high school they're learning algebra one algebra two geometry if they end up being generational talents, and Cleveland fizzles out, in hindsight we can say, oh well, maybe Utah wins it. But if we're uh, judging it based off of what it is now, you look at this Cleveland team. This team, this makes Cleveland a contender for for multiple reasons. I'm gonna give you the first reason. It helps them on offense big time. Cleveland last year they were absolutely awful, and I mean absolutely awful. Whenever Darius Garland was not handling the ball. Darius Garland was an amazing playmaker last year. I'm going to pull up the on-off numbers and filter out you know, low leverage minutes. But they were absolutely horrendous when Darius Garland wasn't handling the ball last year. If you look at their on-off, Darius Garland was a plus six when he was on the floor. They were a minus five when he left. They had a 115 offensive rating with him on the floor and a 106.7 when he left. So initially, we, we even if you watch this team, you'll know they just struggled to generate any sorts of offense without Darius Garland at the helm. And granted, a lot of that was due to injuries, but if we're being honest, they don't really have a secondary you know, offensive hub, offensive engine that they can rely on. Like they went from being basically three points better than league average offensively to being a minus five minus six. Minus five minus six, right? So they were basically playing at a minus five win pace. They're a negative five net rating, which last year would have been like a, a a 30 win pace. With him on the floor, they were a plus six and a half, which a 50 win pace. And it shouldn't surprise anybody that before the big time injuries, to you know mobley jared allen they were basically the second seed in the eastern conference like this this cleveland team was good before the injuries people forget before the injuries really derailed them they were a very very quality team they were a very good team looked like they were going to contend they were going to give teams fits the injuries obviously are what messed them up but uh, i mean assuming this team stays healthy i mean you have donovan mitchell who Especially in the playoffs, which we'll get to in point number two, is one of the best playoff scorers over the past five, ten years. No exaggeration. We'll get into the numbers later. But, I mean, that is incredible. That That is incredible. I mean, I know people are going to say, oh, well, the defense. And that's an understandable issue. Their backcourt is going to be food. Both of them, Donovan Mitchell, I mean, he created generational wealth, as people like to call it. For Jalen Brunson last offseason. Darius Garland, he can't guard either. But when you have Evan Mobley and Jared Allen in your front court, to hell with that, man. Like, they're going to clean up every mess inside. Utah had the same thing. They were just like, we don't have anybody that can defend. Just throw them at Rudy. And you know what Rudy did? Rudy, obviously, Rudy was annoyed by this. But they anchored a top 5 10 defense in the regular season every single year. Some years they were top 3. So. If you have two elite rim protectors like that in your front court, you're going to be just fine. You're going to be just fine. Okoro obviously probably has to start. He can make up for it as well. He's a great wing defender. But now looking at the rest of this roster, it'll be interesting because you look at Cleveland. I'm going to be interested in their wing, their wing depth. That's going to be the big question mark to me. Big question mark. I mean, you look at their wing depth. They have Karis Laverde, 6'6". At this point, he'd basically will be playing a wing. Kevin Love, a wing. Isaac Okoro, a wing. That's basically who it is. J.D. Osman, a wing. I feel like they should really go after another 3 and D wing. Which brings me to my favorite part. And I wish I was live streaming this so you could see uh, the video version. But I'm bringing out the trade machine today, guys. It's been almost, mm, when's the last time I, I think it's been probably seven, eight months since I brought out the trade machine, but we're going to do it. We're going to do it, guys. We're going to go through the trade machine, and we're going to look at a 3 and D wing. We're going to look at a 3 and D wing that the Cleveland Cavaliers could reasonably get. Right. We're not talking about an Andrew Wiggins. You know, that ship is sailed. They have no chance of getting Andrew Wiggins. They have no chance of getting Andrew Wiggins. I should also mention that with the trade to Utah, Colin Sexton has agreed to an extension. So that that kind of works out perfectly. That kind of works out perfectly. I mean, the defense is going to be food in the backcourt, but who cares? Who, who cares? They're going to protect the rim. Those guys are going to protect the rim. They'll be fine. They'll figure out a way. The main thing was the offense, and I'm so glad that they they fixed that. Because they needed a go-to score, they needed a go-to creator in the playoffs. You've got Garland, who's a great playmaker, and now you combine him with Donovan Mitchell, a fantastic score. I mean, if this doesn't make you excited, I don't know what to say. This is this is this is exciting, guys. This is this is this is exactly what we needed. And we'll we'll even go through the Eastern Conference later. Because as I'm going through this uh the Eastern Conference in my head, like it's gonna be a movie this year. It's going to be an exciting off season. I'm not even joking. So we're gonna look at this trade machine. We're gonna look at this trade machine. It's also worth it's also worth mentioning before before we get into that. Playmaking value, which you know basically estimates a player's impact how how many points they're creating per possession and stuff like that off of strictly their playmaking darius garland near the top of the list It, it, it i'm just saying darius garland a phenomenal score you combine that with donovan mitchell or donovan mitchell an amazing score and you combine that with darius garland amazing playmaker all of a sudden you realize, hey, we don't have to rely on just Darius Garland creating all of the time, and that and that is such great news. I mean, you're already seeing on Twitter and social media and stuff; these guys are excited to play together. You already see them, spider emoji number ten. It's it's incredible Even when LeBron is saying your team has a squad because you know LeBron's always paying attention. LeBron's always paying attention. When he's saying your team has a squad, that means you have a squad, guys. That means you have a squad. Estimate of a player's points per 100 impact from playmaking only. So we're talking some of the best playmakers in the league. Jokic, Trey Young, Luka, Chris Paul, James Harden, DeJounte Murray, Darius Garland is right there. And that's off of this season alone. So that should tell you a lot about how impactful Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell together could be. It could be so now we're gonna look at this we're gonna look at this trade machine we need a 3 and D wing we need a 3 and D wing I'm going to go into basketball index and look at uh three-point shooting percentage especially in the catch and shoot catch and shoot three-point percentage um and we're also going to look at defense because even though rim protection probably won't be needed we'll probably look at perimeter defense for this um passing lanes is good we're going to look at on ball defense we're going to start with on ball defense and we're going to narrow it down to uh strictly this year so if we look at this year if we look at this year and we could filter the position kind of like small forward ish um we're looking at guys danny green is obviously up there If we're looking at on-ball defense. Danny Green really stands out. Bruce Brown is another guy that stands out. Unfortunately, Bruce Brown has already been moved. Bruce Brown would have honestly been a perfect um, addition. But Denver has him. Great pickup for Denver. Um, Royce O'Neal would have been a, a very solid pick. He is in Brooklyn now. So that'll be interesting to see. Devin Vassell will be interesting he is in san antonio still we're gonna try devin Vassell. we're gonna we're gonna try devin fassell and we're gonna see what will happen if these contracts match up because i believe devin Vassell actually uh i don't think he signed a contract extension this year um but his contract basically runs till 24 25. a very cheap option it's a very cheap option so we're looking at Devin Vassell let's put him in let's put Devin Vassell in this in this trade machine right here two years for 4.4 who would they have to give these contracts have to match by the way so if you're looking to move a Karis Levert these contracts have to match and right now they don't look like they match it's going to be tough Finding somebody that really matches that contract. Now, granted, they could maybe throw in a Zach Collins because if they might be able to throw in a Josh Richardson. And would you look at that? Josh Richardson and Devin Vassell for Karis Lavert on a one year deal. San Antonio gets off of two contracts. Now, granted, I don't know if they'll want to get off of Vassell's contract. To tell you the truth i don't know if they really want to do that i don't know if they want to do that they might want to get off of the richardson contract they might just want to just say hey who cares we're tanking for victor you know they're tanking for victor that might be the perfect move right there devin vassell i'm looking at this you send karis levert to san antonio now granted what i will say is if you're trying to tank how badly do you really want karis levert that's going to be a question but overall this trade works san Antonio goes down by three wins which is obviously what they want cleveland wants to go up by three wins i like this trade we're gonna save this trade right here we're gonna save this trade we're gonna save this trade we are going to save this trade and we'll revisit it later down the line because i thought that was a d i think i think this is a decent trade i don't know about you guys but i actually kind of like this trade we're gonna try again though because karis levert he's a great player but i think we all know cleveland really needs some 3d wings so we're gonna see what goes down let's try it again we've got cleveland we have let's think of another team what what other team would really use like a karis Levert type of guy as we look back at this basketball index reference in terms of on-ball defense, Torrey Craig is not a great three-point shooter. Not a great three-point shooter, but it's interesting. Reggie Bullock from Dallas is a great three-point shooter. DeAndre Bembry, interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Um, we're going to look at a different... Instead of on-ball defense for defense, how about we try passing lane defense? Because the th- it's so important that they find a three and D wing. I think Aquoro is good. He's gonna get a ton of open looks. But I think if they get somebody that, you know, is more reliable from three, I think it'll do I think it'll do better for them in the long run. We're gonna try passing lanes defense. Playing in the passing lanes is crucial. Um Matisse Steible obviously is near the top of this list. Let's be honest. None of these guys are the top DeAndre Bembry. DeAndre Bembry seems to be floating around a lot. Now, he's not in the league right now. He's not with a team at the moment. Um, it would be very interesting to see if teams take a chance on him. He's only 6'5", however. He's kind. 210. Of, he's 6'5", 210 do we really count him as a wing i don't know in today's nba he could be a wing but as small as your backward already is you probably want somebody six seven six eight if you're cleveland so i think we're gonna pass on deandre bembry at this time um uh, cam reddish how do we feel about cam reddish he ranks pretty high in uh passing lane defense he's very very high and obviously catch and shoot threes we know that's what his skill set is we're going to go back and look at um the the all-ball defense for cam reddish because cam reddish there was a rumor it just came out today actually chris haynes that he's looking for a change in scenery from new york he's not getting a lot of minutes in new york now granted tibbs doesn't play young guys that much He's big on defense, however, so if you're not playing and you're a good defender, if if he's big on defense and you're not playing, that kind of says something. It kind of says something. Um, But we're gonna go look at this this, this, um, on-ball defense for my guy Cam Reddish. Let's see who my guy Cam Reddish is. Cam Reddish is a very good on-ball defender. Cam Reddish is a very good on-ball defender. The numbers indicate as well. I think Cam Reddish will be very interesting, an interesting look. He's 6'8", Cam Reddish will be very interesting. And the thing with Cam Reddish is, Cam Reddish, 6'8", 220. We're gonna try Cam Reddish. We're gonna look at New York. New York, one year. Now, obviously, the thing with it is we already know karis lavert the contracts don't match so we're gonna have to find something and if you look at this team you would pretty much have to absorb the evan fournier deal you you would pretty much have to absorb the evan fournier contract do you want to do that do you want to do that if you are cleveland i don't know if they want to do that i i really don't because really if we're being honest that's the only way this gets done like you can throw in maybe like a dean wade or something to make the contracts match you can try it but in all in all honesty it, it's looking like it's it's that is that way or the highway with new york because if you try it um uh, the salary about six million off so you got to give up somebody that's around six mil Chetty osman possibly and if you if you throw in Chetty the trade works. Cleveland goes up 1, New York goes down 1. I don't know if you want to make that move. I don't know if you want to make that move. Osman is pretty nice. Osman's been on the team for a minute, by the way. He's been on the team for a minute. Um So yeah, I don't know if you really really want to do that. But we'll keep an eye on Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish is another guy to keep an eye on. Cam Reddish and Devin Vassell We're going to do one more. We're going to do one more for the sake of this. This is a pretty fun exercise. I'm doing this on the fly because I feel like, because obviously this is so last minute, the news just broke. Um, But you want to find guys that are great three-point shooters. Some of these guys are really good, but not great three-point shooters. I find it hilarious that they consider Fred VanVleet a wing on basketball index. I don't know why. I don't know why. But um, if we're looking at passing lane defense, we're going to go back to the passing lane defense um caleb martin from miami stands out very interesting caleb martin caleb martin stands out a lot as a great passing lane defender he's a solid on-ball defender he, he's definitely solid on-ball defender um shall we try caleb martin now i'm almost certain that caleb martin contracts will not align i can tell without even looking and actually now that it sees um now, he's, he's signed to a, a two way contract, so he technically uh, can't be traded until January. I don't know if they want to wait that long. So, we're going to have to pass on him. Kayla um, Martin's a great piece, though. And if we're being honest, Miami haven't made a ton of moves this offseason. So, I don't really know. I don't really know if they want to do that. Miami really hasn't been making any moves this offseason. Uh, sh- let's keep going, shall we? right now we have not that many options left it's tough out here it's really tough andrew wiggins stands out but the warriors aren't going to trade andrew let's be for real um reggie bullock from dallas could dallas could i see dallas parting ways for a carousel avert i mean they do want to go all in on offense they do want to go all in on offense they do so we're gonna try dallas we're gonna try dallas We're going to try Dallas. These contracts, I'm almost certain, don't match up. Um, LaVert is on a one-year deal as well. Um, Mavericks would have to cut 8 mil to try this. It's interesting because the Mavericks are over the luxury tax, as it already stands. So they would have to cut somebody else. I don't see them moving from Maxi Kleber, from Dwight how Dorian Finney Smith, any of these guys, maybe Bertans, but I don't you definitely don't want to take on a new Bertans deal. So we're gonna we're gonna pass on Reggie Bullock as well. But he's somebody I'd be very interested to see what happens with them. Sadiq Bay, interesting. Um <clears throat> however, as it stands right now, I mean, Max Strus, Miami, I don't know. I have my I have my question marks about that. As it stands right now, I think Devin Vassell and Cam Reddish are probably the two standout ones. Obviously, as it stands, as it looks right now, I don't think either two of those is likely. But I think Devin Vassell could be an interesting one to take an eye on, keep an eye on, because if San Antonio is really, really interested in tanking this year, if they're really interested in saying, uh, uh, what, what is it, uh, sever for Victor? Or what I can't. I can't remember the, the the slogan. But tank for Victor. If you haven't looked up Victor Wembanyama, please go look up them highlights. He is the one. Uh, I can see why teams are tanking for him. You know, he's like seven foot three. He can put the ball on the floor. He can do everything. Um, I, I, I can see why teams are really after him. If San Antonio says, hey, we want that kid to be our future. We want to lose as many games as possible. To do that, maybe trading Devin Vassell could be the move and with you know uh Levert on a one year anything is anything is possible it wouldn't surprise me so a Cam Reddish deal a Devin Vassell those are kind of two wings that I've really had an eye on that we've done together that I think that I think Cleveland could get done if they really care for a three and D get or get a backup um Dean Wade could probably get some more minutes. I don't think they'll trade him. I really think he could play some more. I was really uh I was really impressed with this team. Um, the Cavs match up well with some of the looking at some of the best teams in the league though, the Cavs match up pretty well. They matched up pretty well with the Bucks last year. Um in terms of efficiency, Giannis was still that guy against the Cavs, but he didn't come anywhere close in terms of scoring volume itself. And I think part of that is just because of, you know, those those twin, I don't want to call them twin towers, that's kind of OD, um, especially in the month of September, um, but, you know, they have those two trees in the front court, they have those two trees in the front court uh, that make it so tough to attack the rim, and sometimes they even play three, sometimes they're playing marketing at times this year, obviously that's not going to happen this year, but, I mean, that's a very, very good move. And I'm so glad this trade happened because honestly this is probably the first trade I've looked at this offseason and been like oh my goodness stop everything what are the details since probably the Gobert trade to Minnesota or the DeJounte Murray I don't even think I flinched that much at the Murray trade it was kind of just like oh DeJounte's good I don't know how much that moves the needle for Atlanta. We've been over this before, but I want to look at the standings. I want to look at the standings. I want to look at teams from last year, and I want to tell you, I want to show y'all why this offseason is going to be a movie. You got Miami. Miami hasn't made a move. I expect Miami to take a step back. Miami does not strike me as a team that is going to stick around for long. I, I really don't. They, they, they just don't make moves. They just take for granted that they're Miami. I don't know. Miami's going to be a good team. As long as you have Jimmy Butler in the playoffs, you're going to be fine. Uh, But they need some more offensive help. They didn't get it this offseason, so I'm not ready to uh, put them top four. Yes, I said top four. Boston. We know Boston. They were a historically great defense the second half of the season. Uh, They just added Malcolm Brogdon. That team is going to be hungry. I wouldn't be surprised if they were the number one seed. They don't have the best player in the league. I think that goes to Giannis we saw this in last week's episode go check out my top 10 of last year um uh milwaukee is another team milwaukee is another team that obviously they're going to be top two top three assuming they stay healthy philadelphia i love the moves philadelphia has made this offseason i went over this i love how you know they pretty much brought back Some of the old Houston guys for James Harden. Guys that can shoot. Guys that can play defense. That's what they need. Chicago. Again, Chicago is a team that people forget. They were the number one seed for a lot of last season up until Lonzo and Caruso got hurt. So I do think there's potential there. I want to see if they stay healthy because Lonzo, I don't think, has played more than 70 games in a season before. Um, If he's going to be guaranteed to miss 15... I honestly don't know if I would put them top four. But if they stay healthy, they, they can shock people in the regular season. Playoffs, um, I don't want to keep belaboring the point with DeRozan, but there are a lot of questions. I'll say that. A lot of questions about the Bulls. They're star players in the playoffs. Brooklyn. Mm. How do I put this? How do I put this nicely? The Brooklyn Nets are they're an idea they are a concept they are a figure of our imagination in theory on paper they are the most on paper team in the eastern conference the clippers are the most on paper team in the west the 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 nets are a team like oh well on paper this team could be the best team in the east yes they could you know how easy it is to say on paper if kyrie's not gonna play if kd's not gonna play if ben simmons is gonna get injured ben simmons hasn't improved i don't know but if we're looking at the supporting cast i'm gonna be real credit to Sean Marks for for holding it down even while your best player was coming uh was saying you should uh it's either him or me get him out of here when your best player's calling for your job and you still put out a very great team for him that's impressive Royce o'neill tj warren they've got some wing depth now joe harris gonna come back healthy seth curry ben simmons is there now i really do think that this team could surprise people and even though kd didn't perform well in the playoffs against boston that was still the best offense boston faced in the playoffs by a wide margin better than golden state better than milwaukee better than any other team they faced, guys so i'm putting it out there brooklyn could be a very good team if they get the defense i would love to see them pick up another actual big man like a a, a traditional five but they're going to be a playoff team Cleveland, of course, they're going to be in the mix. So we're talking about six to seven. And I not even get to talk about Toronto. Toronto's my sleeper in the East. Toronto was my sleeper in the East. They didn't really go out and get any offense like at the backcourt, which I kind of wanted to see. But I really like Christian Coloco. They signed him to the, to, to the team like a week ago. I really think he'll be a very good addition to this team. I don't know if he'll play that much. But I was very impressed with what I saw from him in summer league. Very, very impressed. So Cleveland They're right in the mix guys You got Atlanta outside looking in Charlotte outside looking in New York Washington LOL They're not I'm curious about Washington Because Beal Porzingis and Kuzma Haven't played together But as a Wizards fan I'm really just not Putting any optimism into my team Until they gotta show me They gotta show me for 82 games Not 15 They they had me fooled last year Um, Moving on to the WNBA Moving on, we got to talk about the WNBA playoffs. I want to start with um, the Sky and uh, Connecticut Sun, because that's a good series. I tweeted back in June, and as the season went along, I kind of quietly hoped that the tweet wouldn't resurface. So far, it hasn't. But I remember tweeting about both teams' offensive rating and how both were like a plus nine through the month of like halfway through the month of june which you haven't which we haven't seen really since uh the 2019 mystics and how both the the aces and the sun run a collision course to make the playoffs i think at the time the aces were a plus 9.1 the sun were a plus nine and if you look at the teams that have been a plus nine relative offense to end the regular season Let's see how many of them won the championship The 98 Comets won the championship The 2000 Comets won the championship The 2001 Sparks won the championship The 06 Mercury uh, Made the playoffs but so They didn't make the finals or win The 09 Mercury made the finals The 2012 Lynx made the finals The 13 Lynx made, won the championship The 19 Mystics won the championship So my I belief was The Sun and Aces are on a collision course For basketball history to make the finals Now granted As we all know that, that's not how the, this cookie crumbled To end the regular season Neither team really came uh, Particularly close to a plus 9 Although uh, eight, The Aces came pretty close They were a plus 8.1 Which again is very very impressive Connecticut second best offense They were around a plus 4.5 Plus 5 So again two, Clearly the two best teams on offense um, Chicago is right behind them And part of what makes this series so interesting is both of these teams I've never been huge believers in in the playoffs like I think Las Vegas before they had always played a, a slower style that wasn't really in my but it, it was a it was a lot more back to the basket which if you ask me I really don't think that's great for the game in terms of growth but again it's basketball the best team's gonna win Usually they didn't perform well, and I think Can Bay struggled in the playoffs. Asia sometimes struggled in the playoffs, and they would just go up against teams with a lot of veteran experience that could play defense as well. Connecticut was the same way. Connecticut struggled in the postseason for years, and they were just a team that, okay, they're going to be I, – I always wrote off like, okay, they're going to be good in the regular season. I don't know about in the playoffs. Um, Connecticut, Chicago, they faced off. They're facing off as we speak right now. series is tied at one um Chicago won last night. Courtney Vandersloot was incredible. She's always she's been the best offensive player on this team. Kennis Parker always making history. The sky won by eight. The sky won by eight. Uh John Quayle Jones was phenomenal. Um but yeah, what what always stands out to me is just the playmaking mastery of Courtney Vandersloot I mean, she is the engine of this team. I felt personally she was the finals MVP last year. Um, Kalia, Kalia Copper is incredible. She she was phenomenal, great defender as well. She balled out last night. But Courtney Vaness is really just the engine of this team. Um, one thing I did in an article to recap the Mystic season, and I looked at you know the league leaders in assists. She's not going to she she didn't lead the league in assists this year. So a lot of people will just say, oh well, she wasn't the best playmaker. No, she was very easily the best playmaker. And to me, playmaking is more than just racking up assists because an assist is really just the person you pass to makes the shot. So if they missed the shot, you don't get the assist. Or, so that, that's one issue with strictly looking at assists. Another reason is assists aren't always an indication that you're creating for teammates. If you're passing to somebody that's just coming off a screen all the time, you're not actually creating the open shot, you're not creating offense. You're not creating, you're just throwing them the ball. They're the one that did most of the work. And that's kind of a lot of what other guys that have players that have led the league in assists have been really high up have done. Courtney Vandersloot is not that. I mean, she master in the pick and roll. She can find players. She can she can throw players open. She's pretty good at getting downhill, creating creating open looks. And you've seen that in this series. I mean, she had eight assists. Um, when she's scoring the ball, when she finds that balance of scoring and playmaking, that's when she's at her best. Uh, she struggled with that uh, sometimes in the Liberty Series, which was kind of surprising. But when you're a veteran like Courtney Vandeslu, I mean, that none of that matters. Like, you're going to figure that out. She's built for the playoffs. Her game is built for the playoffs. So was Candace Parker. She had 22-4-4 last night. And this series is going back to Connecticut. Now, my thing with Connecticut is, are they going to get consistency is the question. Are they going to get any consistency? They need a second score to really step up and, and, and show that. Um, I do feel like Chicago is going to win this series. I do feel like Chicago is going to win this series, um, strictly from the standpoint that I think they're just more experienced. And I think them winning the championship last year, they kind of know what it takes. Uh, they know they have to win one on the road Sunday, September 4th, 1 p.m. That's going to be the ultimate test. But I have Chicago probably winning this in five. I wouldn't be surprised if this was a five-game series. Um, it just seems so so tight like that. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. Ace's Storm is the other one. Ace's Storm, last night, guys, if you weren't watching the game last night, I feel bad. I don't know what you were doing. Brianna Stewart and Asia Wilson combined for 65 points last night. They combined for 20 rebounds, four assists. Uh, Brianna Stewart put on a play. I think she was the best player on the court uh, last night. Um, she was hitting some inc- insanely tough shots. Um, She was putting on a playmaking clinic. She was just finding open teammates. They weren't making shots, though. Like, if you go back and watch the film, they're triple-teaming her soon, as soon as she touches the rock. She finds somebody open. They struggle to make shots. You really needed more from Jewel Lloyd last night. She kind of struggled. Uh, You need a secondary score to step up because eventually it was like, okay, nobody's going to attack Brianna Stewart's just posting up asking for the ball. You ask for the ball, bo- you give her the ball. Chelsea Gray is right there. I mean, Chelsea Gray had like five tie ups last night. Forced five jump balls. She had some insanely tough shots at the end of the shot clock. Um But they're seeing three, they're like you're seeing three aces players as soon as Brianna Stewart touches the ball. Three. You you can't, you can't, you you've got to have more than. And you know, with the players that Vegas is missing. They're missing Derrick Ahamby, You've got to come out and we, you they I feel like Seattle should have won game 2. I feel like that was a big game to win. Now granted they split one, they got one on the road, but I don't know. I can't say for certain that they're just going to win both games in Seattle. I don't know. They need to get they need to get somebody to help out Brianna Stewart. Brianna Stewart the way she's playing, look. I I don't go but I personally think Brianna Stewart is the best player in the world. I think she's the best scorer, the best playmaker. She's not going to win the regular season accolades this year just because Aja's had a phenomenal season this year. She's going to win probably MVP and Defense Player of the Year. Shout out to her. Um, but Brianna Stewart separates herself in the playoffs in a way that no other player in the WNBA can say over the last like five to seven years. She gets better in basically every statistic. She gets better on defense. She protects the rim. She'll go out and guard on the perimeter. There's nothing she can't do. The numbers suggest she elevates in the playoffs, which to me separates her from one and two. Um, but this series is going to this series is, is this is what this is what we dreamed. Of. This is what we needed. I had one of the homies. He was in Vegas. He was showing some video. He posted some videos of, of the fans getting electric. You love to see it. You love to see it. This series, I'm telling you, Aces Storm, this might go five games. I encourage everyone even if you're not a WNBA fan to please go check out this series game three sunday september 4th on espn please go watch that um this would be like i don't even want to give it an nba equivalent but last last night they they were going insane brianna Stewart was looking like 94 95 hakeem one in the post shimmy pump fake huh one dribble pull up in the mid-range mm, in transition pull ups pull up three i mean it was incredible what I was seeing, and it, Asia Wilson. Come on now, you couldn't stop her from getting off the glass. She she was she was owning the offensive rebound. She was owning the offensive glass. She was pushing the pace. there was one play, got the rebound, and then just took it all the way up the court, laid it up in transition. Just nobody could stop her. I mean, she was going insane. The energy was there. Both of these games have been insanely close. They can go either way down to the last couple minutes. I expect that's how the rest of the series will go. If I had to pick somebody, I pick Seattle probably in five, just because I trust Brianna Stewart like that. She's just special. She's special, man. Go check it out. I, I, I foolishly, uh, you know, in the series before, I picked, I picked Seattle to beat Washington in three. That series ended in two. Washington, I'm, I mean, their struggles were the same. They couldn't really find anybody else to score besides DeLaDon. I think after Game One they were a plus fourteen with her on the court and then a minus forty, which on off numbers we haven't seen that in basketball probably. Off the top of my head, twenty seventeen Russell Westbrook, but that's irrelevant. That 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 that's old news. I'm I'm trying not to get riled up about the Mystics. Aces Storm, God. Aces Storm Sunday, September four, three p.m. It's Connecticut versus Chicago, Game Three. September 4th, 1pm, both on ESPN Please go check that out That is going to wrap up today's episode Episode 84 Thank you all for listening We talked about the Cavs WMEA playoffs, as always Follow me on Instagram at jfelton That's in the Twitter is three N's I'm working on an article Wizards fans, if you're out there uh, I'm writing for the Washington Wizards now Now the Mystic season is over Working on a Daniel Gafford piece For uh, Wizard of Oz Uh blog site part of fansided.com please go check that out when it comes out follow the twitter especially Uh, make sure you share this podcast with your friends do not text and drive please don't and i will see you guys next week peace